there's a process to it and it has to be timely. You know, I might get a review link from somebody that I, I consumed a service for, from like a week or two later. And I'm like, eh, I it's old news at this point, you know? You're listening to Real Estate Coffee Talk. I'm your host, Sarah Hilton, and this is your weekly live coffee date with the who's who from every corner of the real estate industry. Every week, we're spotlighting stories that inspire and tips that empower. So whether you're new to the game or are a seasoned pro, there's something for everyone. Now grab your mug and let's get into it. David Fisher. Hello. Welcome to Real Estate Coffee Talk. Thank you. I'm so excited. I feel like we've been following each other on social media. Like, did you follow like my My Charlotte Living account? I probably did, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I felt like we like in, I was doing some goofy stuff over on yeah. that side. Um, and then when reels kind of change, and then when I started to like lean a little bit more towards marketing, I went there. So I'm, I'm glad Charlotte is weird because it's a big city, but a small town. Totally. Uh, so yeah, I'm so glad we finally meet in person. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited as well. I know uh, most of most of who I meet these days, I feel like is on social media. So it just kind of is the medium that uh, connects everybody. And that's okay. Just like, you know, the phone and newspapers and yellow pages did way back in the day. So it's all good. Back in the day. Remember when you used to get, well, I don't know if you're as old as me, but remember the big uh, phone book would get delivered to your house? <laughs> I do. I actually do. Yeah. My, my parents at least, uh, you know, still had those and you know, it's interesting that you say that because I definitely remember them, but like, I don't know that we even at that time used them much. Like they were just kind of in the house as, as like this old legacy I know that just was there. And it's like, it kind of made people feel good about, you know, having it, but it's like, nobody used it. Like there was the yes. internet at that stage. And, uh, and my parents had like this, they had one of those old school, like um, uh, pencil sharpener things. You stick it in and it sharpens the pencil. And on top, they had like the 10 top uh, phone numbers that we called all the time. So oh, we yeah. like my mom, dad, a neighbor. And I was like, this is it. You know, this is the 10 that I need. This is good. The only people I'm going to be contacted. Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that crazy? I mean, we, so we only use it for like me and my sister used to prank call people at sleepovers. So yeah. we use it for that. Um, but it's, it's so wild. I was just thinking, cause another realtor has like this funny account and he put something about, can you imagine if we had to wait until, you know, nine o'clock, remember like when your peak hour, all the the young people in here are like, what are you talking about? Uh, (laughs) But it used to be like, you would get charged more if he talked before nine. So he said, imagine if you had to wait until after nine to find out about, you know, whether your offer got accepted or not. Right. What a time to be alive. Those were those were the good old days. Yeah, those are the good old days. Oh my gosh. All right, cool. So I'm excited because um you are the first non-realtor real estate person. I think we've had mortgage people, but yeah. you're like definitely out of this little circle in a way. So tell us a little bit more about you and about junk raider. Yeah, happy to. And, and it's funny because I, I, I say the same thing. I, I run a podcast of my own and I, I put air quotes there because it's really just an audio capturing experience. We're not on Apple, Spotify or anything like that. We just put it out over YouTube, but um, we run it as well. And we like to bring on uh, realtors all the time. Um, yeah. So my name is Davis Fisher. I got Junk Raider started roughly six years ago with my business partner, Ted Bullard. He's actually based up in Mooresville. I'm in South Charlotte. So we're a good bit of ways away from each other, but we, we talk daily, of course. 
Um, we met at our corporate job six years, not longer than that, eight years ago. Uh, he was director of marketing. I was sales guy and he oversaw our team. And so just in that capacity and that job, we really hit it off, saw eye to eye on a lot of things. But with all of that, we realized pretty early on that we want to we're both entrepreneurial spirited guys and we want to start something on our own and eventually move over to it. And that's how Junk Raider was born six years ago after we had met for the first year or two. And we grew it year over year. And it's exactly what it sounds like. We do junk removal, both on the residential and commercial side. So, you know, Sally Sue goes out in her garage today and is like, oh, I need to get this cleaned up. She goes to Google, starts typing in junk removal near me. Folks pop up, she calls, quotes are had, and then she chooses one and they get on site same day or next day and haul everything away. That's exactly the service that we provide on the commercial side. Think Walmart, Target, uh, any place of business, insurance agencies, they're all the time, uh, you know, cleaning up excess trash around a dumpster. There may be people illegally dumping mattresses and box springs and stuff outside that they'll call us for and we'll take care of those as well. So we play kind of both sides of the fence there. And then most recently, we just re, uh, we just launched Junk Raider franchise, meaning we're actively looking to get our brand and our company into multiple cities all over the country. So um, that's really what we're focused on now and we're excited about growing it. But uh, yeah, we've seen a lot of success here in Charlotte and have made a good name for ourselves. Uh, here in the local market, we do a lot of work with with the real estate world. Um, as you can probably imagine, Sarah, like you move into a home and you know the the seller left some stuff in the garage, and you're like, I don't want this here, right? So you you may be scrambling as a real as a real estate agent trying to help your your buyers get that stuff out of there, or it's like the last day to get out of the house as the seller. And you're like, crap, I forgot all of the stuff in the attic and it's all trash. That's, like get that's some usually <laughs> that's usually what it is, right? Even yeah. even for myself, I lived in a town home for 10 years, and this was before I was in real estate, but it always seemed it wasn't a big house, you know. It always yeah. just seems like a uh, like not that much. And I had just had my last kid and he had to close, and I was like, Oh no, it's just a few more things in the garage. <laughs> and it was like and it's stupid stuff. You can't wait for bulk delivery. I, that's yeah. what I figured. I'm like, bulk never comes, right? So yeah. it was like a, a chair, like a whole sofa chair, you know, random yeah. stuff. Like one of these days. And I called a junk company and it, I don't even know. It could have been you guys. I don't even remember this years ago. But um, yeah. And I was like, this is the best money. And it wasn't It wasn't that much. It was the best money I ever spent. They literally, they looked at me like I was crazy. But it, <laughs> like you have random sofas in your garage, but yeah, they just took it all out. And that's usually the case is people get really panicked towards mm. those last few days. So yeah. that's yeah. really cool. So I, I have a quick question. I, I get the entrepreneurial thing and all that. What though made you, it's not that it's a random business, but it's when people say you know, starting a business, junk yeah. removal isn't usually the first thing. So yeah. what was kind of like that path? What got you started on that? It's definitely a random business. I'm okay to say that. Um, yeah. And it's funny because Ted and I were at a technology company, right? I was selling yeah. IT services and hardware and playing that whole space. And so I, that's how my upbringing and sales came about. And he obviously was in that space as well. So to think, okay, let's get out of the technology world and into uh home services, specifically junk removal was was interesting. But it, it's kind of a funny story because Ted really is the, the, the creator of the idea. And it's that he was out um, with his kids doing some odd jobs. You know, they were younger at those times and they were out doing odd jobs. I think he was doing landscaping or a moving job, something that paid like 80 bucks total. And it took him like four hours to get it done. And he had two kids and it's like, 
Okay, now you got to split this twenty dollars that you made this hour amongst two, so you're making ten bucks an hour. And then he like passed a yard sign driving. It was like junk removal from seventy five bucks and up. And he was like, "What do you mean?" Like, and he started to research a little bit. So that's how the idea came about. And then obviously, as we were spitballing, it was like, you know, it's a low barrier to entry market. Um, it's something that we thought our technology background and sales background could actually, you know, be a nice complement. And if we could come in and kind of put those skills to uh, to use and, you know, really optimize their online presence, do a lot of social media stuff. Um, and then really from, uh, like I mentioned, on the corporate side of sale of junk removal sales, really kind of use my expertise in connecting with folks in procurement and sourcing to try to get those contracts and relationships going. We thought we could be really successful and that's, that's what happened. But um, yeah, junk removal is not a sexy business by any means. It's all, you know, the, the task itself is hauling junk. Um, it's everything around. I mean, Ted and I talk about it all the time, just uh, with our, our, our day to day, but also the podcast we run. It's it's the business that you build around it and all of the decisions that go into it. And that's why I have a real estate agents come on our podcast all the time, because you guys are doing basically the same thing and building your own uh, business and your own brand. You wear all the hats, you know, you, you attract the leads, you work the leads, you close the leads, you're you're you know, uh, a confidant to everybody in between of, you know, you're kind of a connector of all the dots. Yeah. And so that's why we like having folks like you on our podcast as well. But that's really what, you know, kind of that's how Junk Raider was born. And then really what attracted us to stay in it and stay with it and what excites us day in and day out is not that we get to go and haul junk away, but it's it's we get to meet new folks every day, but also just build this really exciting business that, um, Ultimately, we don't think it's going anywhere because it, it lives in the waste management space. So we're always going to be creating trash. Like, it, you know, I think the, st the, the stat over the last three years during COVID was that the waste management industry actually increased 6%, which is mind blowing with a lot of different industries that you could look at. And some did increase during COVID, but a lot of industries took a hit um, and waste management was not one of them. Right. So we're, we're in a good industry that is. I hate to be cliche and say it's recession proof, but it really is. And, and there's just our excitement is really on the commercial side. As you talk about all the organizations that exist in just not the world, but just the U.S. and the physical presence they have. I mean, you know, take somebody like a storage unit complex. There's thousands of storage units all over the place. And we do this today. Tenant turnover. They leave stuff behind. The property doesn't have a way to get rid of it like they need that service. And so historically those companies you know they just haven't had a procurement category uh, specifically focused on how do we streamline waste management bulky item removal it's usually just up to like the individual store owners and properties to get it done but it's just it's not efficient that way and yeah. so our goal is to kind of get in front of them and say hey one vendor one partner for a region a, a nationally like whatever your coverage is streamline it all, take that all in-house to procurement at a central organization. You manage it. All of your stores just report into you and say, hey, I'm Davis Fisher in, in Matthews, North Carolina at store number 568. I've got a bunch of pallets that need to be picked up. Got it. Corporate takes it, routes it to us. We're on site, same or next day, and it's done. And so that's really kind of our vision for the junk removal industry. But yeah, it's not a sexy industry, but it, it, it is if you look at it through the lens of just you're running a business and what can you do to make it better. Right. And I mean, the even though it, it's the, the the unsexy part is actually removing the junk, all the other stuff around it and the growth potential of that business 
yeah. is the sexy part. I mean, uh, a few weeks ago, it may have been like the second or third episode. I actually had a guy on who um, he does self storage investing, you know, all around the country. So, um, yeah, I could see that need. And also with home builders, because when we were building our home, I noticed like, um, at, you know, in all the construction areas, they have the big bins. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's some sort of junk removal company. Of course, you have people yeah. coming from the neighborhood, like throwing their dining room tables on there and stuff <laughs> like that. So they get filled up fast. But I mean, if you think about all the growth as just as far as construction, all these oh, yeah. places that have bins all over the just the city, much yeah. less the state and nationwide, that's that's really exciting, actually. Yeah, dumpster dumpster rentals are an interesting one. So there's definitely companies out there that sp focus specifically on dumpster rentals. We're not one of them, right? You can't call us and say, hey, I need you to drop a dumpster for a week. I'll fill it up and come back and pick it up when we're done. We're really like full service junk removal. Call us today, tomorrow. We'll come out. We'll pick up everything. You don't need to touch it. It could be in the attic. It could be in the backyard. It could be, you know, curbside. We'll take oh, care of it all. But uh, general contractors and construction companies are an interesting one. We definitely work with some we definitely work, don't work with a lot of them. And it's because they typically lean on dumpster companies more so because their, their jobs are a dumpster is better, a better suit for them because they may be on a job for a week, a month, nine months building a home. And they just need something like, you know, is they're up in a window, throw it out on the dump, you know, land it in the dumpster, right. Versus just throwing it on the, on the, driveway or in the yard and then we show up like once a week and collect everything it's just oh, it's, cool. we do a lot of work for them um in the sense of like they may be wrapping up a project and much like the homeowner that's trying to close they're mm -hmm. trying to get out of that house that they just did a renovation for or whatever and they've got like this one little pile and the dumpster's gone or they can't get another dumpster like we run into that all the time um, but more so than not those those gcs and, con and construction workers are leveraging dumpsters that you put on site, but there are a lot of junk removal companies that do what we do and rent out dumpsters. It's just that obviously is a much more capital intensive business in that you got to go and buy 10 or 20 dumpsters that cost four or five grand a piece, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. Now that you're saying that, I remember like they, that was the beauty of it. They like literally, it was almost like mover slash dumpster yeah. because the, they came into my house, into my garage and moved everything else out and left it just, yeah. So yeah. for the homeowner, it's it, our, our service is much more like conducive to what you're looking for because it's very need it done now. Yeah. The home builders are a little different. They've got a, a longer timeline. Um, but you got to be careful with dumpsters, right? Not to not to uh, bag on the dumpster business, but they are very nuanced. Like construction debris is very much more your price point is this for construction debris inside of a dumpster versus I'm filling this thing up with just mattresses and dressers and stuff like doesn't cost as much to dispose of. And then you better not fill above that top line or else you're getting dinged for another one, uh, another charge. And then um, I think it's, you know, as every day that that dumpster sits on site, you're getting a fee, um, 30 bucks, 50 bucks a day or whatever. And then you also pay for any overages and then you also pay for the types of items in there. That's why ours is we try to make ours so simple. That's like, hey, it's just based on how much space you take up in our truck no questions asked. It's full service, start to finish. We'll handle the pickup, removing disposal fees, haul away. It's just, it's a luxury service, but a lot of people benefit from it. Um, just it's based like on scared yeah. service. Cause even when I went on your website, I loved the experience. I, I get really nerdy about like user experience on websites. Yeah. And if I don't get a good like vibe 
quote unquote on a website, or it's just like I gotta look around for stuff, which happens a lot in like these sm smaller companies type of things because they oh. don't have the tech background you do and all that stuff. So it's just you know it's hosted like on I don't know Wix or yeah. something like that. It's this yours is like pretty it's it's yeah. a little bougie and i love like one of the things you had i don't know if it was on your about us page or something but it was like a roadmap to get from yeah. here to here and yeah, yeah this stuff sticks out to me and i don't know it, it, well, i appreciate yeah, yeah i appreciate you saying that because that that's exactly where we're trying to take the junk removal industry because you're absolutely right sarah i was just on somebody's website last night laying in bed because we just opened our greensboro location and i was just checking on like our google business listing and and it kind of got me to the to our website and then i saw somebody else's website as a competitor there in greensboro i was like oh let me just click on it and, and, and it looked just like every other local mom and pop junk removal company's website and that's not a knock on them it's just you know it's, it's a blue collar industry and so when they're like oh i gotta put a website together they go kind of the cheapest route and they don't really optimize it and it doesn't look great that's exactly the opposite of what we're trying to do at Junk Raider because we we feel like the junk removal industry needs an update. Even if you go to these large companies like 1-800-GOT-JUNK or Junk King, like these large franchise companies that have been around for a while, even their websites don't look amazing. They look a lot better than the local mom and pop, but they don't look amazing. And besides that, they're not meeting the customer where you're at. And what I mean by that is like every single day, I'm curious what, what the price point is for something. What is that a playset cost that I might want to buy my kid and put in the backyard? What is this um, cutting board cost, right? And you have your favorite websites that you go to. I go to Amazon and I just want to see the price, but I'm not buying it today. But I go to Amazon and that's always in my brain is Amazon. So when I come to a time to buy, I'm going to Amazon more than likely to buy it. In junk removal, if we can become that kind of search engine for folks, like we, we built out a pricing calculator. You can price by volume. You can price by uh, single items and you just get a price, we're not as concerned on of whether you buy it right then and book an appointment. We just want you to remember Junk Raider and how easy it was to consume or it is going to be to consume the service whenever you're ready versus going to Joe Schmo's Junk and Hall, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, where it's a very legacy, like I want to get on site. I want to sell you our service when I'm there because it's more difficult for you to tell me no when I'm face to face. We just don't believe in that. Like I want to give you what you want now and, and save all of us the time. You know, if you're just, if you're thinking a full truckload is 95 bucks and I show up and it's like 500 bucks, I want to, I want to, I want to get that information to you on the phone. I don't want to get that to you, you know, after I've deployed a truck out and taken a two hour window. So we could talk about this all day because I think a lot of those things can actually be applied to the real estate industry. And from the marketing side, I'm always kind of trying to preach this because listen, I'm in, I'm 41. So I, I'm not gen, whatever the next thing is, gen T. I think I'm still gen or I'm a millennial. I don't know what I am, but yeah. I'm 41, right? Almost always, oh, I don't care if we hear a kid, by the way. Um, Almost always, if I can do stuff online and make reserve, know my price, do and everything online, and yeah. have the person just show up, I will do that all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And I think realtors, not all, but the industry in general is so far behind the curve when it comes to technology, right? So I do these classes all the time and they're all about, oh, I got to get the person on the phone. I got to make the appointment. And all of that is true, but 
you have to have the open door to realize a lot of people, they don't want all that. They will purposely not engage with your content. They may not send you a message. They may not make a call because they don't want to be sold to right then. But if you are constantly putting your face in front of them, showing that you are trustworthy, that you know this area, you know this stuff, it's yeah. just like you said, you are top of mind. The yeah. leads or the business I've closed from uh, social media marketing, by the time they come to me, they're ready to go. Old school realtors maybe think that, okay, I'm not building a real relationship, but they forget like this is how that generation is building relationships. Yeah. They meet their spouse online. They, you know, hire their, their childcare online. They, they yeah. do this. And yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what you come up with and what the real estate world um, ends up because pe people are going to gravitate to what works. So whoever starts to pioneer all of this will be interesting to see. I mean, I would point to Zillow, right? Zillow has a lot of bad information I know. Right. But it's the first place I go when I'm interested to know what 2468 Hollybrook Lane is maybe right. selling for or what it's worth or whatever, uh, just to get a general idea. And again, it's just a search engine. It, 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 and, and I like that better than um, what's the other one? Redfin or some of the realtor.com. It's like just the interface. It's like they're all doing the same thing. Basically, they're providing the information. Yes. Zillow just looks better. So to your point. Um, you know, real estate is very much more nuanced than junk removal. Junk removal is very streamlined. But the, the broader comment I would make is the online experience is so impactful that you have to get that right. But oh, by the way, part two of that is de your delivery. So you keep buying from Amazon, not just because you don't want to create a username and password over here with Kohl's. That's one reason. But you trust Amazon. They're going to yeah. deliver it when they say they're going to deliver it. And if they don't, they're going to make it right. And if it shows up and that, that that thing's broken, it's defective, it's, you know, your your uh, delivery driver uh, threw it in the backyard instead of, you know, on your front porch, they're going to make it right. And that is so common in our industry and home services. I mean, just think about the last thing that you tried to get done at your house and you needed a contractor for it. I had two uh, French doors installed when I first moved in this home and trying to find somebody to do that was a nightmare. nightmare. I, I'm the guy that wants to, I want you to be communicative. I don't, I don't have bad expectations, but when I call, I expect you to answer. And if you don't call me back immediately, send me a text. Really? I want you to be responsive. I want you to talk transparently on a phone call. If your business is such that you need to get on site for something like French doors, I get it. Come on site, evaluate the space, like figure out what it's going to cost, so on and so forth. Get me a quote within 24 hours of being on site. You know, like, I, I don't think these are wild expectations, yeah. but none of them did it. There was yeah. one guy that I, I I landed upon because of a referral that was all of those things, but he didn't, he didn't live online. I had to reach out to a banker that I met like two weeks prior. And I was like, you mentioned your dad is like a, a home contractor. Can I chat with him? And he was very responsive that way. Yeah. So you, we buy because of the experience online, but also the trust we put into the organization we're buying from to deliver how they want to deliver or how they're, how, how you want them to deliver. And we're willing to pay a little bit extra. I, at least I am to pay junk rater versus local Joe Schmoe's junk calling. Cause I don't know if you're going to show up if I book an appointment with you. And I don't know if you're going to upcharge me when you get on site, try to ding me later. I don't know if the bill is going to come in, you know, at the end of the job or five weeks later, I had somebody come out and, and clean my gutters um, on Friday on uh, when was that? Thursday of last week, and I still have yet to get the invoice. And I'm like, why don't you send me the invoice? Like, I want to pay this and get it off my books, off my mind. Really? Like, I don't yeah. have. Do you have Square on your phone by now to just like? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
just like that seamless experience. Like, let me tell you. So, you know, I don't know much about gutter cleanings, but my hair girl, right? So maybe a little bit more expensive than I can go to at uh, Great Clips or one of these little things, right? But let me tell you my whole experience with her. A, she does my hair the right way every time. That's mm -hmm. the one. But booking with her is so easy, uh, easier than a lot of other hair places, right? I go on her little, she has like a square, and she's not tech savvy, but square run um, appointment setter where I go in there, I put in my card information, A, to hold my date, but B, when I leave, it runs my card right there, yeah. right? Then the, uh, then, you know, I, it sends me reminders, text reminders, whatever. I go, I show up, she does my hair. When we're done, Sheree has my card on file. She turns her phone over to me and I put in whatever tip I sign mm -hmm. yep. and my hair is looking good. Right. I mean, and then it sends me a thing. Hey, it's been six weeks since your last haircut. Do you want to make your next appointment? Amazing. We live in this society where everyone is so busy. So I don't know. I, I, like you said, will pay more and I will reuse services mm -hmm. where they're almost kind of like doing the thinking for me. Totally. Just simple and easy. And real estate agents, you know, we're on the fire now because buyer's agency is in this whole lawsuit and mm -hmm. it's a harder thing to, to make sense of these commissions when yes, people can go on Zillow and find information. Yeah. I go on Zillow myself. I think instead of hating on Zillow, we need to, you know, try to mimic how easy their, their yeah. user experience is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if more people start taking those steps to make it like a streamlined concierge process, people yeah. will pay that 6%. Well, from my, my perspective with the real estate world, like, yes, Zillow exists, but like, if I could give you some comfort, maybe you already have this, but like, I use, real, I, I use Zillow for a search engine, but I know that my voice isn't as strong as the voice of an agent. So if I'm like, oh, I really like that house. When's the open house? Cool. It's eight, to, it's, uh, you know, 12 to two on Saturday. I'll go to it or I want to go see it. Let me reach out to the agent that's yeah. listed on the page. They're likely not going to get back to me very quickly because I'm just a, another name, right? Yeah. Versus Sarah Hilton with Compass or, where, or wherever right. wants to set up an appointment with, with her buyer. Can we get on for Saturday at 11, right? And, and that, so Zillow is very good for the, for the residential consumer like me, but yeah. I would never do a deal or, you know, or, or anything outside of just searching online if I didn't have a real estate agent involved because I know the value that you guys bring to the transaction. Um, unfortunate, there's not everybody fits within my mindset and you yeah. still have the first sale by owner people and oh, I can do this on my own, but like. Right. But no. you always gonna have that. You're going to have people that hold junk on, you know, call a couple of their cousins over. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. That's fine. You can't, you can't please everyone, but if you market right. to a few, then, then you're doing really well. Totally. So, okay, cool. I love this. We could be here all day, but so <laughs> when, um, well, I guess we talked about what, what services you offer in the real estate world. So in real estate, like what's the, some of the craziest stuff you've ever junked or some of your craziest experiences? Yeah. Well, it's, you can imagine the type of jobs we walk into sometimes that are just nasty, especially like dumpster cleanup, excess trash type stuff. Um, I think when folks ask me what's the most interesting thing you've ever run across, I tend to go back to a job we did like four years ago where it was a hoarder house clean out and our guys reported back, hey, Davis, we almost got jabbed in the hand because we decided to stick our hand down in this pile to grab some stuff. And there were like machetes down there. 
And um, I think there were like old needles, like obviously a, it could be like a drug house or whatever. I was like, all right, hold the phone. This is a worker's comp issue. <laughs> like right. you're, you're safe, but like, oh, by the way, if you want to keep the machetes, those might be kind of cool if you, right. if you fix them up and keep them nice. But like th that thing is probably the coolest, uh, you know, for some people that you might stumble across others, you might just be terrified. But like for our guys, they were like, oh my God, machetes, these are sweet. You know what I mean? But like, I would have out the door. <laughs> yeah. like the Porter houses. There was a, there's a Facebook group, like a mom's Facebook group. And someone put in there yesterday about, she came back from vacation. She had just gotten a brand new um, Christmas tree before she left. She came back and there must've been a spider egg mm. or something. And yeah. her, her house was like infested with spiders. Oh my God. Yeah. You got to watch out for that type of stuff. I mean, we get calls for like mattress pickup and, and folks will, you know, kind of allude to that it's not a normal mattress. And then we start asking some questions and you figure out it's bed bugs. And we're like, you know, sorry, we can't handle that unless, you know, you get it wrapped and it's, you know what I mean? Like a whole process. Yeah. And like, so we definitely don't take on every job, but like most, most things we do take outside of hazardous materials, chemicals and paint. But like, yeah, some folks, you know, when they're researching junk removal companies, they've got like this hoarder house that's just complete nasty. I mean, feces, you know, uh, pet waste and stuff like you can certainly say no to, uh, to some jobs. We don't do it often, but you can imagine the filth that, uh, that exists in the world, unfortunately. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to talk about the customer experience a little bit, but speaking of feces, <laughs> what's like for your employees, like it's a tough, it's a tough job. Some, I'm sure not all of them, yeah. but some, and I know that you either have been voted like a really good place to work, or you just have a culture that's really enjoyable. You know, they, they, they yeah. like their job. So what are some things you do to kind of keep, I, you know, I know I had an uncle in the moving industry. I know it's hard to find staff, you know, so yeah. how do you keep them, mm -hmm. keep them happy, keep them coming to work and all that. That's a great question. Yes, yeah, we have. I mean, we, we do harp on our culture all the time. And that's exactly why we've decided to, to expand to different cities by way of franchising is because we really believe that Junk Raider is somewhat unique in the home services space, just built on the, uh, just based on the culture we've built. And if we can replicate that city to city, it's just going to help even more homeowners. But yeah, I mean, you give them things like um, we're not micromanagers. We don't ever want somebody to feel like somebody's always on their shoulder watching every move. And we give them the autonomy to, to uh, evaluate a job and raise their hands and be like, I don't feel comfortable doing this. This is a red flag. This customer's trying to get me to go up on their roof and grab like just examples of stuff that are like, yeah, we totally get it. Like we don't need to take on every job. Some jobs are not good for our business, safety reasons, whatever. Um, and so we give them that autonomy to kind of uh, evaluate jobs that way and turn things down. We obviously feel like we compensate well, but outside of that, you know, you hear it all the time, but like pay is one thing, but people stay at companies because of who they work for or work with. And Ted and I really believe that, you know, it's it's the connections that we've established and the trust that we've established with our guys and girls that keep them hanging around. Could they go and get another truck position at other companies? Sure. Um, but do you feel like you're part of a family and a team? Um, I, I would reason to guess that they probably aren't. Um, and there's a lot of growth opportunity here as well. You know, a lot of our employees and hires over the years have been friends and family folks within our inner circle, which is always a positive for us business owners versus hiring somebody completely uh, that's completely stranger to us. Uh, but we have had to go out on the open market and find people. And we've been fortunate that, 
you know, we've, we've tended to hire folks from like restaurant backgrounds who have that customer service experience because that's what it is. Like when we show up at your house, Sarah, it's our guys who are in front of you giving you that experience. It's not Davis and Ted. Yeah. Right? You, maybe, you maybe called us and you, you heard our voice or saw us on an email, but it's our guys who are showing up uniformed, clean cut, introducing themselves and, and giving you the warm and fuzzy that if you invite them into your home to grab that TV upstairs, like they're going to get the TV done in a professional way, not going to, you know, injure themselves, injure you. They're not going to put holes in your wall um, and they're not going to be weird. Right. It's just they're coming into your home and like you got to trust them. And so we put a lot of emphasis on personnel and just continuing to, you know, ongoing coaching around what it means to our business and our brand to have you on site representing our, our company. And so when I talk about growth areas, like we're expanding, right? So these guys come on as truck team members, they're hauling junk. Um, we've got two lead field managers that you can graduate and be in those roles. But as we go to different cities, Greensboro is a great example as a corporate owned site, there's opportunity there for our guys to go and take care of that location. If they want to relocate and live there and work there, great. Um, and then as we get into this franchise world, franchise development, field support, like there's VP roles, like there's roles that are going to just come about that because they've been with us for such a long time since the beginning, they're naturally going to have, you know, kind of the rite of passage to be like, look, you get first right of refusal here for this job that we need to fill as we're growing. Do you want it? And so for those reasons, if I'm, you know, one of the guys and, and I came in four five, six years ago when Junk Raider started, I'm sticking it out just because I believe in the founders and what they're doing growth wise that might help me uh, expand my career and grow in a career that I was on kind of the forefront of. So for us, it's just, you know, we've obviously had some attrition and this business is very much so turnover driven. You go and look at 1-800-GOT-JUNK or Junk King or any of these others. They have job postings all the time, mainly because they're they're massive and they always have openings, but they have a lot of turnover. You might have somebody on a truck for six or 12 months and they're off to the next. Our guys have been here for three, four five years. And it's just we've just established a good culture that way. And, and it's going to be more difficult to keep that as we grow. We know that. But we want to give it our, our best effort if you can. Then again, that. look at companies like I mean, I immediately think of like McDonald's versus Chick-fil-A, right? The oh, yeah. They serve similar things, right? McDonald's is always going to be in business, but they kind of focus more on volume, whereas Chick-fil-A is more about value. And that's a huge company, yeah. but they've been able to kind of somehow, somehow everyone says my pleasure. When, yeah. when Funny story. When I moved here from New York, uh, so we didn't have Chick-fil-A in New York, right? And so oh, wow. we have, yeah, we. I think now they do, but I moved here 15 years ago. There was no yeah. Chick-fil-A there. And there's only just a slight couple in New York. And anyway, so there's, and and New York is not necessarily known for stellar customer service. <laughs> so yeah. I remember um, when I moved here, I was pregnant with my daughter and I was craving like every day I wanted iced coffee and hash browns. Mm -hmm. And so there was a McDonald's by my house and maybe like a week or two before I moved here, you know, they were always, they just always like shove your coffee in your face or whatever. Yeah. So they would never put the sweetener in my coffee. So I used to just ask like for another couple of packs of sugar. Cause I knew they weren't going to, you know, they were going to forget my sugar. So I'm there and I'm like, Hey, um, can I also just have a couple of packs of sugar? And the girl, I'll never forget it. She goes, I'll put mad sugar in that. Right? <laughs> oh, and I'm like, well, you know, they forgot the other day. Sorry if the sugar packs are coming out of your uh, paycheck. And yeah. so then I moved down here at Chick-fil-A and my, uh, my sister had moved here first. So I, it was literally a couple of days after I got here. 
and we go through a Chick-fil-A drive and everything. We're like, oh, can we ask her? She's like, my pleasure. My yeah. pleasure. And I was like, is she patronizing us? Right. And she's like, no, no, no. You know, because I thought she was like, my pleasure. Yeah. My, pleasure. But my sister's like, no, no, no. They're just, they're just. Really, really nice. Yeah. yeah. That is hilarious. Yes. Um, and that's why you see now I have a little shopping center by my house that has literally McDonald's and Chick-fil-A right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Unless it's Sunday, you will never see a, a long line at that McDonald's. No. Oh, Chick-fil-A is always yeah. crazy. And yeah. so, yeah, I think if you have that customer experience, you build it into your franchise. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do it, but I'm sure they have like, I know Chick-fil-A yeah. has a crazy training program. You can absolutely keep that. You know, any Chick-fil-A you go to in the country, you're going to get that same experience. Totally. Well, and a lot of that comes back to the hiring practices, right? And so you know, I bet if you go to all those Chick-fil-A's and you just ask each employee, hey, do you like working next to this person? They're likely going to say, yeah. Because a lot of them are like-minded. If you go to that McDonald's that you just brought up, I guarantee you there's all sorts of drama in that back kitchen with people, right? They just don't like each other. And so that's another piece of establishing great culture is making sure that whoever you hire fits within the mold. We do a lot of ride-alongs, right? Ted and I may screen a, a candidate, have two, three, four interviews remotely, virtually like this. But we will not hire you until you get on a truck with one of our guys or a team of our guys and ride around for a day. And if they have any red flags, they'll let us know. And, and you're likely not getting hired because we can't put you on a truck and expect you to show up Monday to Friday working an eight, hour, eight nine, 10 hour shift and be in a close quarters with somebody that you don't like. I mean, just think about riding on an eight hour road trip with somebody that you yeah. absolutely discuss. Like it's, it's miserable. Right. So like, we just don't do that. And, and, and I can't, I, I would venture to say that the McDonald's and the Burger Kings and the Taco Bells, they likely don't take a fine tooth comb to their hiring processes like that and cotton and uh, Chick-fil-A does, which makes for just an amazing work environment that you want to, you spend more time at work than you do at home with your kids. So you have to like the people that you work for and with. And so, you know, that to me is, is kind of the core of establishing an amazing company culture, just making sure people like each other. Right. And and that's kind of what ends up growing your business, because if I called you to, to get junk removal, I could have the best experience with you and your co-owner or whoever or the scheduling staff you have. But then if someone if a team comes out of my out to my house that has an attitude or like my last movers, they smell like they had they literally grew weed in their car or something, then yeah. then you're like, oh, not yeah. necessarily your hire. So you it has to be like that experience, you know, like we said about Amazon from, from ordering to delivery to returns, it's all very yeah, long, kind of like one line. So yeah. which leads into the fact that you guys have over 1200 positive Google reviews, yeah. which is hard because people leave crazy Google reviews sometimes. Yeah. So, I want to know two things about it, but first I want to know how, what is your process? Cause realtors definitely struggle with this. I, I have clients that are realtors, right? Cause I do their marketing that have closed, you know, 25, 30 million in volume and they get two reviews because they oh, just, yeah. it's hard for them to ask. So kind of like, what's your process to even getting those reviews? Yeah. There's obviously a lot of automation involved, but that's not really the secret sauce in my opinion. You know, we, we folks get a, a, Hey, please leave your feedback, emails and text all the time after product that they buy or services that they consume. A lot of it comes into the process that you build around what your on-site experience is like, right? So you have a manual and a playbook for what Davis Fisher shows up to Sarah Hilton's house and what I'm supposed to say. I'm supposed to introduce myself, 
you know, take a step back, let you invite me in if I need to go inside to grab something, um, introduce myself, talk about how we price, what we're there to do for you today. We're not touching anything until I give you a price and you approve that. Great. Cool. Well, part of that process is at the end of the job, when we're going to process a transaction, by the way, we do this in the field to make it easy and we do it from our mobile devices, unlike my gutter cleaning guy. Um, once we're at once we're face to face, this is where a little bit of strategy comes in. Right. So, Sarah, we're not trying to, you know, um, coerce you into leaving a review that you don't want to leave. But if I'm face to face and we just had an, an amazing experience and we're checking out, you're going to leave a tip. You're not going to leave a tip, whatever. You're going to pay for your work, pay for the service. Oh, by the way, my company really thrives on Google reviews. Uh, it helps us get found in the community by other folks online. It's really important to us. And by the way, I get a little incentive at the end of every month for how many reviews you know I'm, I'm able to obtain. If you feel like you had a five-star review today, we'd love to have one. You'll get a link to your uh, email and your text inboxes here like in the next few seconds. Please leave a review and, and, and we'll be thrilled with it. And then off I go. In comes the review link and the customer is more likely to leave a review after that interaction and the fact that it came in immediately and right. it's fresh in their mind. They just consumed the service. They just met Matt on site and they loved him. Oh yeah, I'll leave a review, right? But it's it's tough because not everybody is tech, tech savvy for one. Not everybody likes like me. I don't love my name being out on all the businesses. I don't wanna leave a review for every single business I consume. Like, so we get that and it's, it's we're not salesy in that regard, um, but there's a process to it and it has to be timely. You know, I might get a review link from somebody that I, I consumed a service for, from like a week or two later. And I'm like, eh, I it's old news at this point, you know? So um, you get an email, you get a text. And then we also have, uh, we're planning on actually rolling out a, a tool that is built into our software that will basically put that customer into a sequence where if they haven't left a review in two more days, we'll just follow up with a, a, an automated text that says, hey, friendly reminder, we love reviews, happy face, whatever. Here's a link, if, again, if you've lost it. And, and and you can set that sequence up as much. You know, you can do five text messages, you can do one, whatever your, your mantra is as a business owner, you can set it up that way. So a lot of automation, but it all comes down to the on-site experience and what your sale and what your, your technicians in the field are willing to say and how they're willing to say it to the customer. In your world, in the real estate world, um, I would say that that probably comes like at the closing table once you guys have wrapped up and you're heading out. I don't know if you meet your clients on site to do closings, but like, um, that's probably where the best place is to just remind them, you know, and it's uh, for me going through a, like we bought this house in March um, this year. That's a massive purchase. So like I am way more willing to leave my realtor a review yeah. Uh, after a purchase like this versus, you know, I just bought a flashlight off Amazon and somebody's asking me to review it, you know, like it's just, it's just, it, you just have to remind me though. You have to remind me and you have to make it easy for me to do it. And if I'm making like 10 Amazon purchases a week, it's a little exhausting. To That's a lot. Yeah. I tell agents too, like one, one way I have found success, um, which I love you said automations. Cause that's like my, one of my favorite words this year. Yeah. Um, it like doing it right when you, so usually as a realtor, you get the clear to close from the lender and the buyer will get it too, or I'm the seller, um, you know, 24 to 48 hours beforehand. Mm -hmm. When you get that, it's pretty much like the deal is done. All we got to do is sign. Yeah. Can possibly fall through. Yes. But it's very rare at that point. 
So mm-hmm. a lot of times I tell realtors, like, send it out then um, because, A, they're not. And a lot of times when you're at closing, then they're heading straight to the moving truck. All their the computers are packed up. I mean, it's yeah. a little chaotic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, follow up then. And then, yeah, you can set an email or a text automation to um to remind them. You know, yeah. and some people are going to do it. Some people aren't. But... Yeah. The more times you remind them, the more the more likely it is. Yeah, and you can get you can get gimmicky too. So right, if depending on who you are, if you want to throw in a oh, fifty dollar gift card or whatever, like it's right. not our style, but like you can do it if if people yeah. reviews mean that much to you. you. Realtors are definitely in a unique position in that regard because um, it's just it, there's so much going on. To your point, that like I, I feel like the competition you know, as a homeowner who maybe just used you, they may not want to like highlight how good of a job you did because they want you all for themselves. You know, right. I'm just well, thinking of- they know most mostly what it is half the time is they know they're friends with four other people who are agents and it was already awkward to pick one. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen that. Uh, I think also I've seen agents send them out like they don't know where to send them. So they're like, here's Facebook. And then here's my trust pilot one. Cause we're actually not allowed, as far as I know, we're not allowed to give them a gift card, right? For referrals. Right. Just, right? So we, so then they send them to three links. As soon as you send me three links, I'm not going anywhere. I'm right. not going to any of them. Right. <laughs> I'm like, decide where you want to capture them. I like Google cause then people can search. Um, and then, and then, you know, it is what it is. So social proof, right? So that's exactly what you're establishing on there. So where, I know you're using a lot of Google, a lot of SEO and all stuff. So are you getting the majority of your business from Google? Like are people finding you kind of organically with Google ads? Yep. A hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's the majority of where you're going to get your leads from in our industry is, is Google AdWords and some SEO, but main, mainly pay, you know, pay to play type of deal. Um, and so further to the point about Google reviews, there's a bunch of junk removal companies that are going to populate. And if you are like me for any service and you start sifting through all the options, I'm undoubtedly going to recognize Joe Schmo's junk removal and hauling with two reviews and junk Raider with 1,239 reviews, all five stars, right? And I'm going to be like, oh, subconsciously, uh, this company seems to know what they're doing. They have my trust already versus the other guy. No knock on the other guy. He's just got to build his online presence up. But as you're going through those as a consumer, you're absolutely going to notice that. And so in our business, absolutely residential customers always go into Google to figure out, you know, uh, who's going to be able to come out and clean up because it's a very knee jerk reaction type business. I got to get, oh crap, I, I got to get this done today. Like I haven't been planning for this Right. come out today. And, and if you're not popping up on the first page of Google, and I would venture to say, if you're not popping up as like the first five to eight right. options, like, and you're even further down on page one, like you're, you're kind of screwed. Um, and then there's a lot of work on the SEO side and on the commercial side, like even people like Wal- the Walmarts of the world, they have people that'll come inbound to companies like us. Like it's not always me reaching out outbound prospecting to try to get those contracts. They're all the time coming inbound as well. So, and that kind of proves the point as to why we think that, uh, that those organizations need an official procurement category managing it. Cause we, we see that activity. Um, but yeah, Google is huge for us. I mean, you can start diving a little bit around Facebook ads, but that's more of like a nurturing experience. Like if I pop up on your Facebook feed as junk creator, as a paid ad, do you need a couch removed? You're not in the state of mind. Like, yeah, I need that now. Let me consume it. But it might 
plant a seed in your brain of, oh, the junk raider, next time I'm coming through, you know, um, and have a need, maybe I'll remember them. So that's a little bit more of a kind of down the line strategy, but definitely Google ads, SEO, optimizing your website, making it, you know, aesthetically pleasing and all of that. And then, um, and then part two of all that is you better answer the phone. Yeah. Like answer the phone when people call, respond to their text messages and be timely. That's like Ted and I are maniacal about that just because if you're not, the next guy is answering and they're getting the work because they answered. So for us, it's it's show up online, be there and be responsive. And in the home services space, you just don't see it often, which you know is great for us because it's really easy. We know that you have to do that. Yeah. Uh, but you don't see it a, a lot across the board, unfortunately. And when they call you, I'm sure like they talk to a person. I think sometimes you call these bigger box ones and you, it's like, it's That's never right. a person. It's like, press one for a drunk. And yeah. you're just, my God, I just want to call, talk to somebody. Yeah. So having like that, that kind of like personal, it, again, it's a concierge service. People are yep. willing to pay a little bit more for that. I love that. Okay. So outside of Google and stuff, are you doing anything like I know you guys are in the Charlotte market. So are you doing anything or what are you doing as far as like networking, getting with other real estate agents or doing stuff like commercially? How do you mm -hmm. or do you focus any of your marketing around that? Totally. Yeah. And, and we leave a lot of that to our guys who are already out in the field. Like, could I spend my time hopping the car and go you know, drive around Waverly and you know, pop into all the businesses and the hotels and the storage units there. Absolutely. But we leave it kind of to our guys on our slower days or if they happen to be in an area where there's a lot of businesses, we tell them, hey, pop in, drop a business card network. So, yeah, we're popping into real estate offices, even though those are sometimes hit or miss because not everybody's there at the same time. But figuring out when they do their monthly meetings, um, same thing for storage unit complexes, apartment complexes. And it's just it's difficult, but it's needed. But it's yeah. difficult because a lot of these organizations have this like weird way of operating. You know, it's very rare that you pop into an apartment complex that's that the person working the front desk knows exactly who the owner is and go talk to John Smith and he'll let you know whether we can use you or not. It's yeah. like, oh, I think we're managed by Graystar or it's Marsh or it's uh, Pegasus or whatever. Go to their website and apply to be a vendor and then let me know when you're through that and I'll, I'll be able to use you. I'm like. Got it. Let me yeah. do that. And so it's just like, it's sure. tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough, but you absolutely need to get your boots on the ground prospecting right. out in the community. So uh, real estate offices, apartment complexes and storage units are kind of the biggest ones. Hotels are a little difficult just because they don't always have a need. Usually they go through like a five to seven year refresh where they might refresh all the beds or take out all of the alarm clocks or whatever they have in their rooms and they need a, a vendor for that but they also tend to be sticklers with price, right? So they think somebody will come in and actually pay them to get rid of all that stuff. And it's like, as soon as we hear that, we're like, all right, we're not your vendor. <laughs> oh my gosh, the idea of like hotel beds every seven years is like. <laughs> yeah, right. It's crazy, but that's the way they go. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. That is so cool. I think also um, one of the things that I've seen a lot of vendors here do, and maybe it's because they're more, they really rely on real estate agents like home inspectors, whatever is we'll do these like classes and workshops and then they'll come in as like a little sponsor or whatever. And then they get, you know, 40, 50 real estate agents at a time. And I'll tell you, it's I've never been at an event or a training or any kind of sponsored thing where there's a junk removal place. So yeah. you may be able yeah. to 
get in on one of those, these bigger, Absolutely. All these big realtor events are almost always sponsored. Like I sit on a board for um, a Hispanic realtor association here yeah. in Charlotte. We've been talking lately about getting more vendors that aren't mortgage bankers, right? They're almost yeah. all banks. And we had one home inspector come last time, but I'm like, we need more vendors showing up to these events. Yeah. So anyway, I'll send you. We're having Please a business. Do. Please do. Yeah. We're all about getting out in the community. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So um, real quick, um, I don't see any questions on here, but um, I, if more come up, I will let you know and tag you. Um, yeah. Tell us where to follow you, where people can find your information. Yeah, they can find us. Um, I mean, the easiest way is probably to email me, but you can also find our website, www.junkraider.com. You can find us all over Google. Uh, my email is just first initial, last name at junkraider.com. So dfisher at junkraider.com. Email me anytime. I'm obviously on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, you can find me across all those social media platforms, both the Junk Raider brand uh, has pages on all those platforms, but me, Davis Fisher also has uh, stuff there. So just my name and then Junk Raider and I should pop up. Yeah. And we have a, we have a lot of people in this group. I mean, there's a good North Carolina population, but there's a lot that are outside. So if you're interested in franchising or you know someone that will also give them a call, yes. obviously he has a great business that, you know, you it's kind of, you know, business in a box that you can plug Absolutely. and play. So Love that. Okay, real quick, a little bit of rapid fire. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Boom, shakalaka, love it. Okay, <laughs> Netflix or podcast? Podcast. Boop. I like mm -hmm. it. I like yeah. it. Okay. Oh, TikTok or Instagram? Oh, uh, TikTok as of late, but I've been a big Instagram guy for a long time. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I know. I consume a lot of TikTok. But I can't get with it like on the posting thing. But yeah, it's difficult. It's tough. It was honestly as a it was a tough learning curve, even for me and, and the generation that I'm I'm in. So, but I knew that like, hey, I need to get posting on here and not just be an outsider looking in and scrolling through feeds. So once you get kind of the general hang of posting a video and how to edit it, then it becomes right. a little easier. But I'm a, I got a long ways to go. <laughs> and you have no idea when you're gonna blow up. Like up here, I live in Concord. There's a a veteran-owned coffee shop. I forgot what it's called, but small business in like little downtown Kannapolis, whatever. Yeah. They they have like, you know, like a warm, friendly, but funny social media account. I'll I'll tag you in the video later. Okay. We did Perfect. this one video of them like rolling out a red carpet for every customer that walked in and they just put it, patch it all together with like a trending song. Yeah. That thing has they went from like a thousand followers to like almost a hundred thousand followers and a couple of weeks it got like over eight million views somewhere you just never know what's gonna like explode your business then they were on the news they were all over the place so i'm yeah. always like stick with it um okay and then winter or summer uh summer yeah, yeah i'm more weather guy <laughs> winter is whack i'm already over it and we yep. haven't even started <laughs> and you're from the north so you should be even more into it than i am but no no listen my blood is thin now it is so yeah. thin i could barely i'm like it is this is arctic temperatures and my husband be like oh, it's 52 degrees outside right like, i am right. not with it i need summer i could do like 70s you know yeah for sure blazing hot all the time but yeah, I'm not about this life. So, no. well, thank you so much for reaching out. Thanks yeah. so much for being on the show. I loved this conversation. I think it's a lot of things that real estate agents can apply to their business. Um, of course, go find Davis online. And if you're in Charlotte, use him. 
because it, it's a really good business. Your customers will be, your clients will be happy. Um, and then, yeah, if you're anywhere else in the country, reach out about franchising or anything like that. So, all right, Davis. Well, thanks again. And I'll talk Thank to you, you later. Thanks, Bye. Sarah. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Real Estate Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps. If you'd like to be featured on the show, you can get that information right in the show notes. Be sure to tune in next week for another new episode. And until then, keep your dreams big and your mugs full. See you next week.